Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Naturally Nino podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. Um, I think it's going to be a good one. Um, today, I have Sarah Clark. So when Sarah Clark uh, was 28 years old, she received a diagnosis of premature ovarian failure. Um, and she accepted the diagnosis and had both her children through in vitro fertilization. Now, years later, she actually realized that the root cause of her infertility was a food sensitivity and later a gut infection, which you guys know I'm super big on that and I talk about that all the time. Um, and now, so Sarah, she's actually a certified life coach with accreditation from the International Coaches Federation and a health coach with training from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition which I'm actually a coach with them as well, which is so funny. Um, she is also the author of Fabulously Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally. Her fertility coaching program, which includes functional lab testing, supports couples to make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chances of a healthy pregnancy and baby. And on her Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, she shares that with functional medicine and natural fertility solutions, we can eventually reverse infertility, which you can check out on iTunes and Spotify. And I will definitely make sure to link it to this episode. Sarah, thank you so much for coming onto my podcast. And I, you have no idea how excited I am to talk to you today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here too. Well, yeah. So um, I guess, I mean, I obviously said a little bit about you, but I'd love to give you um, a chance to kind of also introduce yourself or mention anything else that I might have not uh, went over, I should say. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can share my journey with infertility. In Do you want to start there or where do you yeah, want to? Let's, yeah, let's start there. Okay. Yeah. So um, I always joked in my early twenties, I was having menopausal hot flashes. I was in HR at the time. I remember like joking, Oh, menopausal hot flashes. <laughs> Turns out that's what it was. But so basically I had a regular cycle. So I had a couple, I might period mm -hmm. become a couple times a year. Uh, in my, in my teens, I had great skin. And all of a sudden my early twenties started getting acne. Mm -hmm. I had a weird fungal rash on my chest. And then I also had some yeast infections. Oh, wow. I had that going on. First thing I did is I went to my OBGYN and she put me on uh, birth control. So I didn't really address any of those issues of Band-Aid approach, and, mm -hmm. um, but I went on that. And so I had this life plan of getting married at 25, which I did, and then wanted to have my kids at 28. So at just before 28, went off the pill. My cycles were still irregular. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, I better get this checked out. So I went to see my OBGYN and was told I had premature ovarian failure, which is the loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 28. Wow. So the only way I'd ever have, my, ever have children would be by using donor eggs. Oh I remember God. her um, reaching up and grabbing the IVF brochure and telling me to go straight to the fertility clinic. And I didn't get a second opinion. I didn't wow. think of any of those other health issues that were going on. I went straight to the clinic Got I mean, list. but what were your thoughts? Like the second she said that, I mean, you must have oh, felt I was some like, type of way. Like, oh yeah, no, I was totally in shock. And but I'm like a major like action oriented person, so I'm like, right. oh okay. So this is what I do. I go to the uh -huh. because I coach a lot of people that have been through this, and we've helped people get pregnant naturally. Um, but others do have to go on to donor donor eggs, and like this is a devastating diagnosis. Like basically, at the age of 28, being told. As you know, a woman, you can't, ha you can't you have your can't. own biological children. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I did not take time to grieve. I didn't take time to 
figure out the symptoms. I was just like, okay, well, you know, the planner and me went into planner mode and mm -hmm. I went to the clinic and we got on a list for a, um, a donor. And at that mm -hmm. point, um, many years ago, the profile came in the mail. Now, now they have profiles where you see pictures of them. I didn't, I needed to see any picture of the people, um, the women, um, selected the, the, the donor. I'm like super tall. I'm like six foot. So I wanted to have, you know, a tall donor. That was my kind right. of requirement. Um, so I found, you know, five, nine or so. So I wasn't going to be like six foot, but, but tall <laughs> enough. And obviously looking at other characteristics, I, I was given back the maternal and the maternal, um, grandparents, so the, the, the health history. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I to the donor, then we're looking up on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter and it was about to turn 19. So this is back in the day when, like you said, donor eggs and people mm -hmm. are like, I don't even know what that is. Right. Um, now you've got all these procedures that people have gone through with IVF where you've got embryo, there's embryo adoption, embryo donation, little embryos waiting there. I had someone on my podcast where she actually uh, adopted to um, some embryos and she just she has a one-year-old and a three-year-old and the natural biological siblings to the, to her two children are 13 so they waited on ice for 13 years she's insane so yeah oh. yeah so then we so we had our daughter and then we were uh, we had two embryos left over wanted to have our kids close together at the year mark I'm like okay time to go back in husband's like you seem a little stressed and I'm like no I'm going back in I'm back in and um, and those that didn't work so then went on another mm -hmm. list for a separate donor and um we're looking up on the first fresh transfer to have our son and he's almost turning 16. so this is like um as i say many years ago and really after i had my daughter my my health went into a, like a nosedive so i had remember having like nine colds in one year every cold went to a science infection i thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every science infection completely destroyed the health of my gut. Um, I had chronic bladder infections, was peeing blood. Again, took antibiotics mm. for all the bladder infections. Oh my I God. had chronic, chronic yeast infections, vertigo, seasonal allergies, um, dandruff, acne got worse and cystic acne. It was just here. It wasn't everywhere, but it was there, right. but bad enough. Um, and yeah, really my, my immune system was really compromised. I used to catch every cold and flu that was going. And, but I was still in HR. I'm still, you wouldn't know that I was having mm -hmm. all these issues. It was still functioning. And, um, so I wanted to bring coaching into like the corporate environment. So I took a life coaching course and then that's, mm -hmm. I had my own personal wake up call that I wanted to, um, go into to health and wellness, take a health coaching course. And that's when I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So for mm. me, when I took out dairy and gluten, lo and behold, the science infections went away, the, the right. yeast infections, the bladder infections a couple of years later, and then I, uh, then I did dairy and gluten first and I took out corn. A couple mm -hmm. years later, I took a stool test and found I had H. pylori and streptococcus and fungal infections, and then also dealt with the chronic stress of like, you know, go, go, go. And I didn't discover any of this till I was 40, fully in menopause. So if anyone's listening, if they're, 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 if they're you're still cycling naturally, there's things we can do using a functional approach to dig into, well, why, why is it not working in the first place? Wow. So you, I mean, this like really hits home for you. Like I can hear the passion behind it and just like all the pain that you honestly went through throughout that entire journey, because like, I mean, that's hard, right? Like, and especially us as women, right? Like when we think about having kids, 
no one ever thinks about the fact that they'll have to either adopt or, you know, take other measures to get pregnant or let alone not right not even be their biological kid. And I feel like that alone is such a great, not a great, but like such a massive um, thought to even deal with, like to just wrap your mind around the fact that like, oh my God, like I'm not going to be able to give birth to my biological child, you know, and like, that's hard. I mean, even when you did give birth, but then you were experiencing all of those issues, like, do you remember the thoughts that you would have, like, as to why you thought you were feeling that way at that time? So, so I, I was so disconnected from my body. I had no, and I grew up in a household where just basically, you know, very healthy, vegetarian. My parents have been vegans for like 30 years. So I was like taught like the importance mm-hmm. of food and diet. My mother was doing like 30 years ago, transcendental meditation. You know, oh, wow. she's, you know, really like ahead of her time bringing string bags to the grocery store. And I'd be like running away <laughs> going so embarrassed. Now everyone brings their own bags, but um, right. it's, it's, so I grew up with that. And then I turned my back on it when I, when I left and was eating Campbell's stew out of a tin. So it was, and you know, lean cuisine and all this brown mm-hmm. stuff on a plate. And so I um, was totally disconnected from my body. I didn't realize any of those symptoms. I just was so down the conventional path of like, right. oh, well, give me the give me the antibiotics. Like literally, when I go in there, I'm like, give me the freaking antibiotics so I can just <laughs> move on and get back to doing what I was doing. So I could get back to work. I could. It's like get, get, give me again. the fix. Give me the fix. Yeah, give me the, the pill. Yeah, the conventional side of things, which is a pill for an ill. And so yeah. I was subscribed to that and wasn't listening to my body, didn't take any time to connect any of the dots, had mm-hmm. no clue. Like when I literally, when I discovered this, and that's why I started the podcast, written a book and all mm-hmm. that to really share this. Cause I'm like, why do people not know? Like, why do people not know this? Why are we, why, why do we, why are we struggling? Exactly. The food that we place in our mouth every, like the, what we put on a fork every day, it, that matters. And why was I, didn't know it. And then once you know mm. it, you can't un- unlearn it. And no, you now can't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's you're down a rabbit hole of, it's down a rabbit hole of fun. Cause you're like, what, what is all this? Right. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the biggest misconceptions or stereotypes when it comes to like, um, living a healthier lifestyle. I feel like there's so many people that kind of turn their back on it or just kind of, you know, the second they even hear you say, Oh, I have, you know, they hear you talk about living a healthier lifestyle. It's like they have this instinct inside of them just to basically just like tune you out automatically because if they're not following it, you know, because they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. What do you eat? Like broccoli all day long. Like, come on now we're not rabbits. And it's like, even myself, right. I grew up, um, you know, I come from a Russian Georgian background. And so the food is very fattening. I mean, there's like mayo, sour cream, butter on everything and lots of bread, lots of cheese. But I always had stomach issues growing up. And Mm. I didn't know why, like, you know, um, my parents didn't know why, you know, they ate the way that they were raised. And it's not like, I want to say I had a very unhealthy childhood in my perspective, from the way I look at things now, I would say it's unhealthy. But to them, that's what they were raised at, right? Like, so they didn't view it as unhealthy. It's just part of the culture. And it wasn't until I got to like high school, where I also realized how much 
dairy was playing a negative role on my body because I mean, I would like not use the bathroom for like a week or something, you know, and then I would have acne and like things like that. And then when I started researching things, I was like, oh, well, maybe I should just like try it out and see what happens. The second, I kid you not, the moment that I gave up dairy, I never went back because it's like, like you said, all of my problems just like, and disappeared. And then when I took away the gluten on top of that, I was like, holy moly. I was like, this is a whole nother world. Like I've never felt this amazing, right? Like the bowels are back to normal. The acne went away. I'm having all of this like super high energy and you know, you're not eating a meal and crashing. Um, and then you're not having all of these stomach issues and these like pains that happen randomly. It just, you just start to feel so good and you're right. You can't go back from it, but none of us are ever told that. Yeah, we, we, we don't know that the impact of food has on our body. And like with food sensitivities, a lot of people think it's just the, the digestive issues, such as, you know, a lot of women constipated for don't go for like a week and that may and, be common, but it's not normal. Mm-hmm. Like you're not eliminating, that's those toxins that are circulating in your body. You know, if you've got gas, bloating, you know, constipation, diarrhea, um, those are all clues to dig deeper. And we just mm-hmm. think for a food sensitive, we might think it's digestive, but it's also the skin issues. So like m- myself and you had acne right? or skin rashes, like eczema or dermatitis, or also um, I had for years was like super irritable, like just cranky. Like, yeah. so like there's anxiety, there's depression, the irritability, the brain fog, mm-hmm. all of that. So mood issues. And we're, you know, in a size society where we want to label something and throw a throw some medication at it well let's you know get to the gut health and also um or get to the root cause and also there's joint issues so people have stiff joints Mm -hmm. and another huge thing is for it's for fertility but for health as well like autoimmune disease like that your body's attacking itself so we see a lot of people coming in with infertility diagnosis be it premature ovarian failure or you know low amh or diminished ovarian reserve um, unexplained infertility and oh lo and behold it's not unexplained infertility they mm-hmm. actually have Hashimoto's or they have celiac or they have irritable bowel like things that have been missed and um, making like if there's an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. dealing with food sensitivities and gut infections is key oh 100% so I know I told you um, uh, before we started recording a little bit about that is so I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism when I was 10 mm-hmm. years old and mm-hmm. Yeah, 10. And what amazes me, to be honest with you, is I was put onto Synthroid because, right, that's pretty much what everyone takes um, at 10 years old. So, mind you, I was put onto that as well as I was diagnosed with hereditary high cholesterol at 10 years old, also. And I was put onto Lipitor. And this is basically a child being put onto these heavy drugs, synthetic at a super young age before she even hit puberty, right? So one of the things that the doctors said, and I remember this is, well, you know, um, you still didn't hit puberty, so we really don't know what's gonna happen, but you know, just to take precaution, we're gonna put you onto this medication. But of course, like everyone's body always changes once they hit puberty. Well, I hit puberty, nothing changed, and I was still dependent on the medication. 
I was so dependent on the medication that when I got to high school and I started kind of like, you know, making these experimental changes of like giving up dairy or gluten, I was like, well, what if I tr just tried to give up my medication? Like, what? Would, I mean, really, what would happen, right? So I did that, literally cold turkey. It was in two or three days and I was like, shit, like I depend on my medication because I could do not, I could barely get out of bed. I had no energy. Like I physically had zero energy and that's when it hit me and it scared me so much that I was so dependent on my, especially my thyroid medication because right when you have, when you're under thyroid, when you're on, when your thyroid is, is underactive, you're extremely, extremely fatigued. You have a hard time losing weight. Um, you're extremely irritable as well as your, everything's just processing super slow, right? And I went back onto my medication and I was like, you know what? I was like, that was like a wake, wake up call for me. And I was like, I'm noticing these amazing differences that are happening in my body just by eliminating a, two food groups. Now, what if, what if, I can push my body so far or like do more research and find out if there's a way that I can actually heal my body to not depend on medication. So I went to a couple of doctors and I proposed that idea to them while doing my own research because that's that was like my wake up call to really start doing heavy research and reading like almost every paper I could find, trying to look up other scientists or like doctors or nutritionists that were like studying this stuff. And I found out, I found a lot of great content and I actually ended up starting to find a lot of women who were also diagnosed with hypothyroidism that were able to heal their thyroid by uh, eating a certain way. And I started to ask my doctors if they thought that this was possible and if they would work with me on it. Well, every single doctor that I talked to told me, Nino, you will never be able to come off of your medication because that's just not possible and that's not a thing. So long and behold, couple of years fast forward later, um, I actually did end up healing my thyroid and I have been off of my thyroid medication for the last, about the last three years wow. because I was on it for 15 years. Mm. Yeah. All because I transitioned to a high fat, low carb diet, or I should say lifestyle because I really don't like diet, but lifestyle because that's, uh, one of the ways of eating that's really, really good for autoimmune illnesses or diseases. So it's like, how do you expect me to now trust you and your opinion if I'm doing what you said I would never, ever, ever do? Yeah, as to me, it's, you know, that's why it's important to assemble a team. And mm -hmm. so it's, and so right now we are, you know, since you've got an infertility diagnosis, you go to your, well, first you go to your, OB, your OBGYN, then you're going to your reproductive endocrinologist and that's typically where you stop. And then you're mm -hmm. heading off down to the fertility clinic. Whereas our thing in the functional approach is you have a, a fertility coach, you have a nutrition practitioner, you can have an acupuncturist, a chiro, but you're, you're in the center. You don't use all those people all at once. You're in the center, you know, your body best. And really for a doctor, they're not, you know, they're not trained in this stuff. 
So right. they don't they don't know the power of the functional approach. There's some doctors that are moving you know moving right. over to a functional side of thing. Um, which is amazing. And, yeah, like root cause medicine, looking at the at the why. Um, but to me, you know, I, I, that's fine. That the doctor is trained the pill for an ill. That's how they're trained. Mm-hmm. They're not trained to dig dig deeper. And I don't blame them. That's you know he didn't know that you could change your, your right. diet and it would happen. He's been told right. that it's only the pharmaceuticals, it's synthroid right. or you know. So, so that's fine. So that to me, this is a very this is a grassroots patient driven movement that you that you just edu- you empower yourself, educate yourself, and and the doctor is part of your team, but mm-hmm. he or she is not the only one that you go to, and you do exactly what they say. And if your doctor won't won't you know won't run labs for you, won't do this, won't do that, get another doctor because that person right. is not you know not open minded and they don't deserve to be on your team. You know your body best and mm-hmm. um, they're going to be forced to change because people are like, I'm not dealing with this crap anymore. We are in the land of Dr. Google and, you know, there's mm-hmm. old doctors saying, oh, you know, your Dr. Google doesn't, doesn't equate to my medical right, degree. Right, but, right. <laughs> but we are, we can look up the peer reviewed studies. We can look up the, the information. I work with like yeah. busy, I work with busy professionals, type A's, like health yeah. people, people in the healthcare profession, doctors, nurses, all the, all the, the like, and um, they like the functional approach because it is science driven. There's a lot exactly. of information beh- behind this. And it's, it's, it's looking it's at all just, the studies, not being selective and yeah. just being like, no, we're only going to look at this study that was funded by so-and-so. It's yeah, like, no, yeah. let's, Big pharma. Look, let's take a look at mm. every study that was produced, right? Because mm. that's the truth. There are studies that do show that natural ways can heal the body but for some reason western medicine decides to close their eyes on it and it's yeah, like why but- and you know what i i don't have a problem like there are some people that they don't want to put in the work they want to just get the pill and you know what at the end of the day it's everyone's right to decide what they want to do and how far they want to push themselves right and that's fine if they want to do that but the fact that you have a medical doctor who's supporting it and not questioning it and kind of maybe making you think outside of the box and saying, I know that this is the easy thing for you to do, but just, you know, give it a try or, or, or maybe just open your mind to incorporating some more natural um, things into your lifestyle where you might not actually need to depend on this medication so heavily. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is, I just believe it's, it's patient driven grassroots movement where we demand this. And because right now the pharmaceuticals, there's, there's no money behind saying, yeah, let's take out wheat out of our, you know, there's no Mm -hmm. money behind let's eat lots more, more vegetables. There's lots of money to create a vaccine and a cure and all of this over here when the cure is already here. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's why it's not to convince people. Obviously, if they're listening to your podcast, they're, you know, they're hopefully already, you know, looking to, to make that switch and, and being able to educate themselves and be, and be their own advocate. So it's, um, I don't know, I just think it's very empowering, though, where you don't need to wait for someone else to say what to do. You can make these changes yourself. We, we start both our, uh, the, the couples in our couples coaching program, we have everyone do an elimination diet, mm-hmm. takes out those top allergens 
you systematically uh, reintroduce them over the course of 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to get pregnant, um, basically you then do the, both people do the elimination diet and then you would then keep out dairy and gluten. Those are the top allergens for at least 60 to 90 days. Mm-hmm. If you're not pregnant naturally after that, then dig into gut testing and right. you know, there's more, more things to do, but really the, the diet piece is key. And a lot of people get it, get it wrong. They're, they're following other, you know, keto, paleo, you know, plant-based, whatever it may be, but those diets have worked for someone, but not, not for you. Not so everyone. it is, yeah, like it's, there's things that have been missed. And I think, uh, um, in the fertility space, it is, mm-hmm. it is basically, you get the diagnosis, people myop- myopically focus on the diagnosis, like myself, I was mm-hmm. POF, donor eggs, never even like open up the blinders. The fact that I also, like I had dark circles under my eyes since I was 12. So then, mm. and that's a, 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 you know, an indicator of a food sensitivity that my period was like super heavy and then irregular, like twice, twice a year, you know, mm. which could be an indicator of thyroid issues. I also have an MTHFR gene, so I don't properly uh, detoxify things. And I was, I was in a, I grew up in a, um, it was in a forest in a cedar house. There mm-hmm. was a lot of ants that came in. So the place was re- regularly sprayed for ants. You know, I'm inhaling all these mm. toxins. My dog died at 10 of cancer. My brother has blood cancer to the fact that, you know, the fact that I inhaled all those, those environmental toxins from a very young age, did that do right. something for my right. fertility? I don't know. Um, and, and so, but it is to be able to look at all those different stressors, like the stressors mm-hmm. in the body, like a big stressor is a food sensitivity, a gut infection, which a lot of people don't, don't think to look at the environmental toxins were exposed to 85,000 chemicals in our in our environment and the mental emotional side of things like going through infertility in itself is um is stressful you know by itself let alone all the stressors that you're dealing with in your life if you're if you're you know a type a busy professional you're probably mm-hmm. working like more than 50 hours a week and and you know where is the baby going to have a place in your life so it is to be able to um yeah like the functional side of things it's not about convincing anyone because you, you if you think it's not going to work you're probably right because you won't do the work you'll you'll right. sell, you'll you'll sabotage yourself you'll you cheat like it's not about cheating there's no there's no starvation over here as you know right, right. You're eating, oh you're eating no a diet. not at all <laughs> yeah you eat a diet that it feels freaking great and you're like why isn't everybody else now in the beginning i did like have <laughs> gun on my soapbox and tell yeah. everybody eat this way now now oh, i have a podcast yeah I can totally relate to that, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, because like when you enter it, you just want to scream it off the rooftop. I know, I, like, yeah. <laughs> you guys don't know this. So um, yeah. So now when people talk about all their health issues, I'm just like, oh, geez. I try to bite my tongue. Sometimes I'm like, you know, if you just know, probably took on your diet, you know, you'd probably, you'd probably get rid of that IBS. Or remember that, you know, that. <laughs> skin that you're going to the dermatitis for like going to the dermatologist for it is you know it is to look at all those common but not normal symptoms then that were yeah. that were you know in the allopathic conventional side of things we have a we have a dermatologist we have our orthopedic surgeon we have our you know cardiologist we have all these different the gastroenterologists with different specialties but no one's talking to the other one and it's like yeah what's happening in your gut is it's that it's there's other things that are happening in your body it's not just focusing on your gut and you miss that you know you've got you, you're exposed to a food sensitivity or whatever it may you know it, it may be it is looking at the whole person and um it's it's digging deeper and always asking why right 
So then how did you um, discover that infertility ha does have a root cause considering the fact that you did go for in vitro? So then how did you make that, you know, how did you notice that you could yeah, like probably... All, all yeah, yeah, like I'll never know for sure because I discovered right. this when I was 40. The period was gone. I was mm -hmm. on, so I had my, my daughter at 31, my son at 34, uh -huh. and basically then was on HRT and was on birth control for those 10 years until mm -hmm. I was 40 and then HRT. And so the period never came, you know, after that then didn't have a period. And so I'll never know for sure, but working with clients that have POF, we've helped people get pregnant naturally with the POF, get... Um, having going through an IVF and be successful with, with POF. There's basically POF, they, it's donor eggs. Like it's, it's mm -hmm. done. The, the conventional side of things does not give you any, any hope. Low AMH. So that's your, your, um, the, your, your, the, the ovarian reserve is very low. We've had people with like 0 0.08, um, which essentially is like so low, uh, mm -hmm. get pregnant naturally. So like, I, I know from working with clients, I don't know for sure for myself, but Got you know, it. everything all the all the symptoms that i've dealt with um i know if i had looked at those earlier on that you know but there's no regrets or anything like that i've got two great mm -hmm. children and now you know helping others that are going through a similar thing to me like it's interesting kind of and then and then there's some people that do need to go to donor eggs but even if, mm -hmm. if you are going to donor eggs um you still need, there's only a 50% success of that working. So you still need to prepare your body. You know, what's happened that your ovaries have shut down. Is there, you know, we see thyroid dysfunction all the time, either all Hashimoto's the time, or, yeah. or hypo or subclinical. So it's not actually the thyroid, it's the, the liver or the gut. Mm -hmm. So the conversion issue with the T3 and T4, but, um, and then also, um, we see like low vitamin D a lot where people are in the single digits and the double digits. So it's a hormone, mm -hmm. you know, why is that low? Is it gut infections? Is it autoimmune? Um, we see people with, um, actually with, yeah, transitioning, if, if it's low AMH or premature ovarian failure, those kind mm -hmm. of ones is to do an AIP diet. So mm -hmm. the auto what's an AIP? So it's an autoimmune protocol diet. So that one is basically... The elimination diet on steroids taking out um, oh, okay you're taking out grains and um there's some, some studies actually with the aip diet with um hashimoto's so a study for there's 17 18 people in the study one person had to leave the study after eight weeks got pregnant naturally she had she had hashimoto's everyone else in the study were able wow. to uh were able to um improve their their, their lifestyle factors with um with the uh, going AIP, they also did another study. It was 11, 11 people with with IBD, so um, uh, irritable bowel disease, so mm -hmm. uh, Crohn's Crohn's colitis. They had an average; they've had it for average of seventeen to eighteen years. It was only it was a small study, like eleven people in the study, but seventy five percent of them were able to go into remission after it was like six weeks. So it's a very just by making these diet changes alone and they this is like hardcore ibd with like years of medication mm -hmm. um and those studies have been published in the journal of american medicine so you know there's studies now that are taking place because there's where there's people are seeing how the the impact of just making diet changes alone and also it, it is looking at the sleep like we work for months on with couples on their sleep you see a lot of people just mm -hmm. talked to someone yesterday she has pof and She's like, oh yeah, my sleep is like after she has POF from secondary infertility. She's like, my sleep after I had my daughter was absolutely horrendous, like insomnia, disrupted sleep. 
like wow. that is a huge clue if your sleep is off like that is to 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 dig into like what has been missed mm. that's a broad that's a, then an indicator of your your health and again if your period's off too like you've got heavy periods and regular periods spotting all those things it's like the fifth vital sign your your period is it's everything tell you something every month like it's telling you something right so what would you say like is the starting point in regards to like you know um because usually when people are dealing with any of these kind of issues they're always taking some some sort of medication right and typically their body depends on it right so is the goal to then get them to start eating cleaner so that they can weigh themselves off of that medication in hopes of getting pregnant? Or do you say that like, yes, um, they could, let's say they're still taking that medication, but they clean up their diet. They're still able to get pregnant on the medication or like, what's the approach there? Yeah. Our thing is never, so we're not doctors. We're not taking anyone right. off of medication. Our thing is that um, like we see people that maybe, because, you know, sometimes you do need to have thyroid medication to mm -hmm. prop up your thyroid. So um, that's not the first place that, that we go. But mm -hmm. if the thyroid is off, we look to see, well, why is it off? Is it the gut infection, the food sensitivity, undiagnosed, you know, undiagnosed autoimmune? You know, what's, what's been met, missed? All those toxins, um, mm -hmm. the chronic stress. But so for, for us, it's to look at the whole body. Um, medication, you know, we've had people coming in that are, on antidepressants or any anxiety medication because they've had anxiety their whole life. Typically when you change your diet and address these infections, then people's anxiety starts to improve. So then mm -hmm. they can take, they can taper off. Um, but it, it's, it's more to, it's to get yourself in the best preconception health before you have your, your baby. And, um, yeah, like with the medication piece, we're, we're not taking anyone off of it, but they can work with their doctor then if they need to then adjust medication, um, you know, as we start to improve these things, because things will, you may not need as much medication. If say, for instance, you're on thyroid medication, you may not need mm -hmm. as much. Got it. So, so people could still get pregnant, even if they're on medication. The main thing is really the link between the gut health and infertility. Like, so there's something basically when you have a messy system going on in your body it's preventing you from actually getting pregnant now do you know the science behind it exactly what happens or like, like as what far causes as, it yeah it's like it's different so basically we're, we're running these tests we're doing the food sensitivity mm -hmm. test and then we're doing the hormone test which is a dutch test mm -hmm. your hormones using urine um oh. and so we can see exactly what which pathways the hormones are going down so is it you know, if you've got low progesterone or high estrogen or, and so, or maybe your cortisol is flatlined because you're completely burnt out or mm. you're supplementing with melatonin and a little, you know, melatonin is low. That could be, um, like there could be gut, gut issues going on. So, or, or gut bugs, but it is to, so the, the, we were doing those, those tests to then see exactly where your hormones are going because sometimes people are, doing blood testing and, and then they're not getting, this is over the course of uh, the course of two days and it's using mm -hmm. urine. It just gives us a better clue. Um, Cause in the, in the conventional side of things, maybe you're just going to then use a bioidentical or you're going to do a progesterone and you'll, you'll attack the hormone. Whereas we're, well, why is it off to begin with? And we, and we dig deeper. Um, Got it. And then with a the stool testing, we're doing, um, like we're looking, we're dealing with people that have like parasites or bacterial infections, fungal infections. So that then if you got an infection, that's mm -hmm. impacting your hormones. 
So we eradicate those mm. and we start to heal that and people's cycles will start to change. Um, we address the, the, the stress. So chronic, so we address the physical stress and then also the, the mental emotional stress. And then that starts to then, you know, to, to heal, to heal the body. And it's, there's, if you've got a, like a hormonal imbalance, your period's off. It is, it's not just people come in with a diagnosis and it's not just mm -hmm. stuck on the diagnosis. There's other things that we, that we can address, which then once we address these issues, once we balance the hormone, once we, you know, get vitamin D in line, once we, things come into back into balance, the period starts to balance and then people get pregnant because if your body is under attack, Mm -hmm. It wants to survive, not procreate. And there's, um, yeah, like your, your, the, the gut microbiome is, you know, there's, it's like calling it our second brain. Like it's, it's, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you know, it is. And if there's an infection in there and if, if you got, so like myself who, who was on, you know, heaps of antibiotics, um, chronic stress, long-term hormonal birth control, all mm -hmm. of this then, you know, impacted the health of my gut which predisposes you to leaky gut or intestinal permeability. Mm -hmm. So your, your body then mounts an immune response to your, to your, you know, your favorite food. Um, and then, you know, with birth control, it's you're eating. We see a lot of people that are of low stomach acid. So, cause it'll, it'll, um, it'll predispose you to nutrient uh, imbalances. So you've got, um, you we see a lot of people that are well fed, Mm -hmm. but but malnourished so they're not they're not able to absorb all the great nutrients in the foods mm. and so that then impacts like all of this is then telling us like when we do our health history and mm -hmm. we have we have the testing um and then it, it all tells us when we look at the blood chemistry review it, it tells a story wait you know this is a story of okay potentially there's an infection we're dealing with there's low stomach acids. Maybe you're not absorbing all the great foods. Mm -hmm. You've got chronic stress because you're working 50 hours, you know, more than 50 hours a week, or and you're also stressed with infertility. You're, um, you know, maybe you're drinking tap water, you, which is filled with all sorts of contaminants. Mm -hmm. Never do that. Um, you, you were putting on all these toxins on your body, which is it absolutely absorbs faster through the skin than it does through the mouth. So mm. um, all of that all that stuff matters, um, for, for your hormones. Right. And what's, what are your thoughts on birth control? Yeah. So we see a lot of people that were put on birth control for, and not for prevention, but for something going on like PMS, um, you know, heavy periods, light periods, spotting or not spotting, but like heavy periods, light periods, irregular periods. And, um, so it doesn't get to the root cause of, of, of what's happening and and you go to the doctor the doctor like they did for me gave me the pill mm -hmm. and it's a band-aid approach and then when you come off you've still got those issues because you have mm -hmm. they haven't been addressed and people that come to see me it's it's um you know it's they've they've um now they're dealing with infertility not everyone that's obviously going on the pill will deal with infertility at the end of it but people that come to see me have been on the pill for typically in their teenage years for, and then they could have been on for five, 10, 15 years, which wow. predisposes you to gut infections, the food sensitivities and the malabsorption. So I'm sure it's a big um, awakening for them too. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, Oh wait, now I'm dealing with infertility and um, it's, it is empowering though. Cause there's lots of things you can do to Im improve and you don't need to just go straight to the clinic and mm -hmm. you know, it's an average 
IVF takes um, three cycles at a cost of 60K. So to it's me, that's the, last, that's the last step. Like let's, let's work here to um, like we, to me, people spend 12 to 18 months preparing for their wedding and like one month for the parent preparing for the baby, mm -hmm. switch that around. You know, it's right. this is, like, this is the health of your, your child, your future generations of your lineage. You know, mm -hmm. it's it, to take, take some time to, focus on your preconception health is, is huge. Right. What would you say are, are like your top, um, I guess three to five things that you would say, um, that have to do with infertility that you would say are your tips to like getting closer to become fertile again? Yeah. So I have both partners do the elimination diet. So mm -hmm. you can go to my podcast, get pregnant naturally, and uh, just look at how and why do the elimination diet. So I take you through it. Do that. Okay. I would I would switch over to organic if that's mm -hmm. cost if it's cost prohibitive. Then you can go to the environmental working group and the, and the dirty dozen. You can you can at least have the foods that are most highly sprayed to make sure those are organic. I think uh, strawberries had like I don't know seventy five pesticides on them, so like a huge amount of pesticides on them. Um, and then so do organic. I would work on your sleep. So if you've got any sleep issues, like dig into, um, you can get a sleep monitor, like sleep cycle is a good app to see, you know, are you getting restful sleep? I see a lot of people that are got the phone in the room. So taking, charging the phone outside of the room, if it has to be in the room, put it on flight mode because you're exposed to the EMFs from the phone, mm -hmm. which impact both female, uh, male and female fertility. Um, around the sleep piece is also like looking at your blue, your blue and green light. Mm -hmm. You want to minimize that. That can impact your melatonin. So there's lots of things to do with the sleep um, to to optimize that. I would dig into that piece. If yours is disordered, then mm -hmm. um, look at that. Um, and then the mental, emotional side of things, you know, getting some sort of self-care. You know, self-care is the whole buzzword right now, but self-care <laughs> routine, um, setting boundaries Mm -hmm. with infertility, being able to educate people around you. How do you want them to handle pregnancy announcements, baby shower invites? You know, what do you, what do you want people to do? And a lot of times people don't think you know, they're in the middle of the journey. They don't really know how they want their friends or family to handle it. They just know how their friends and family are doing it. It's pissing them off and, and like triggering them. They don't like it, but people mm -hmm. don't, they don't, it's people are well, they're well-meaning, but they don't, you know, but they, they don't they're know just, they're uninformed. So right. we, we need to, we to communicate that. Exactly. Educate the people around you, how you want them to handle any of, any of those things. You know, the innocuous question you get of when we have kids can send people on a freaking spiral for, you know, oh my days. God, yes. <laughs> so to be able to like, when people ask that question, it's like saying, how's the weather? It's a, it's right. a conversation. <laughs> And it's not about you and for you to then go on a complete like how dare they even act like in the fertility community there's a whole thing of 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 saying you know get rid of this question well to me it's not to get rid of that question and we can't educate people like our friends and family right. about that fine but it's our response to that if we right. go off on a tirade of like how dare that person say that and you know that's a whole other thing like there's a lot of triggers but it's like how do you respond ver versus react Right. To, like, you know, this journey will look at all your patterns of you being an impatient person. I typically deal with people that are impatient. The uncertainty drives people bananas, like all those triggers for, for you to, so to see your patterns, like what happens when you're back up against the wall? What do you, what do you, what's your default? Are you, mm -hmm. do you are you, are you, go, do you go to, do you give up? Do you feel hopeless? Do you, you, 
you, you know, you know, forge ahead like crazy that, um, and then you just exhaust yourself. So to see, to see what your patterns are and where you're kind of getting in your own way there. Yeah. So to me, I do the elimination diet. I'd go making, making sure you're organic, dig into your sleep and then really get clear about your, your, your mental, emotional side of things. And how do you want to educate those around you? Those would be my go-to's. Yeah. I love that. Well, before we wrap up, I have one question I want to ask you and I ask everyone this. Um, if you could go back in time and you can give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say? Yeah, I would just say to, it's like to listen to your body. Like, you know, your body best. You don't need to outsource it to someone else. And listen to what it's trying to trying to tell you. Like it's been trying to tell you when you're four years old with those, with those circles on your eyes. It's like it's trying to tell you something. And you don't need to like put all these potions and, and all, all this stuff that I was doing. Uh, so listen to your body. Like it whispers to you when you ignore the signals, it shouts in the form of disease. So like for me, it, you know, it showed up as an infertility. Other people, it can be other things. So um, I would tell myself to listen to my body and like trust myself and don't have any, even though, so, you know, a doctor is, is a well-educated person, typically a smart person. Typically doctors are really great at, um, memorizing. They are, they are t like they, in school, mm -hmm. they're, they memorize heaps and heaps of information. That's what they're, oh, they're yeah. good, at, good at. Um, but you know, don't let anybody, um, you know, have you second guess yourself. You, you know, you know, your body best and be your own advocate. I love that. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. Where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me at the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. It's on iTunes or Spotify. And I also have a fertility diet freebie. So they can go to fertilitydietfreebie.com. And there's a three-day uh, fertility diet challenge with uh, recipes and, and food to help uh, for your fertility. You can get started this weekend with you and your partner cooking. So it's the fertility diet freebie. I love that. And are you accepting any clients or like, do you work with clients um, virtually? How does that work? Yeah. So I work with um, two couples per month on uh, our couples coaching program, two, uh, two new couples per month. And it's all, all virtual. We work uh, around, around the world and um, all the tests are shipped uh, worldwide. So if it feels a functional approach feels right for you, then you can um, best place to contact me is by listening to the podcast and there's, and there's links in there. I love that. Thank you so much, Sarah. Awesome. Thanks, thanks for having me. Of course. And thank you everyone for listening to the Natural Nino podcast and stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.